All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given. J.R.R. Tolkien. Hello, and welcome to the Elegant Balance Podcast, where we explore how to create a well balanced life full of simplicity, joy, and beauty. I'm your hostess, Dr. Kaylee Hackney, wife, working mom, and expert in the work life interface. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the science behind work life balance practical tips, and plenty of love and encouragement along the way. My desire is to inspire women to pursue their elegant balance. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Good morning. I hope you're all doing fantastic this morning or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. Regardless, I hope you're doing fantastic. I am trying to sneak in this recording while my kids are still in bed, so we will see how that goes. But to kick the show off today, I wanted to share the spotlight with one of my listeners, Narutok. She left a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. She stated, We all need balance when juggling the different hats that come with motherhood. Kaylee does a great job of reminding us to live intentionally every day. Thank you so much, Narutok, for your review. It truly means the world to me. If you have enjoyed the show, but you haven't left a rating or a review yet, what are you waiting for? No, but really, it means so much to me because the whole goal of this podcast is to help other women find it and pursue their ideal work-life balance. And those ratings and reviews help help make that happen. So please, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and leave a review. Thank you in advance. So now for the main discussion today, I want to focus on a concept that has been around a long time in the work-life research, but that I don't feel gets enough attention in the mainstream media. We spend so much time talking about how it's hard to do everything. There's no shortage of books teaching you how to do it all or lamenting the fact that you can't do it all. In fact, I just bought one the other day that's called I Know How She Does It. I'll let you know if she actually does. I haven't read it yet. We often think about how our work is at conflict with the other life roles that we star in, and sometimes they are. I talk about this in episode three of this podcast. However, today I want to discuss how holding multiple roles can sometimes actually be a good thing. Have you ever stopped to think about how being a mom makes you a better employee? What about how being an employee helps you to be a better friend, community member, or wife? In this episode, my goal is to introduce you to the positive side of holding multiple roles and then explain the process of this positive spillover, and then finally to encourage you to change your mindset around the interaction between work and life. So, when your engagement and experiences in one role, such as work, help you to improve the quality of your life in another role, such as your family role, you are experiencing work-life enrichment. The way that this works is that by engaging in one role, you're able to accumulate resources that then allow you to perform better in your other roles. You might be thinking, are we really going to talk about resources again? And the answer is a big resounding yes. 
Resources are what allow you to meet the multiple demands that you face from your various roles. Without resources such as time, energy, money, etc., you wouldn't be able to successfully perform as an employee, a wife, a mother, a friend, or a community member. I know that I keep emphasizing the importance of resources throughout these episodes, but they are so important, and we need to mindfully seek out and utilize our resources if we want to achieve, which I know we all do, if we want to achieve our elegantly balanced life. So the model of work-life enrichment includes five different categories of resources, skills and perspectives, psychological and physical resources, social capital resources, flexibility, and material resources. So what I'm going to do now is break each one of them down and look at some more tangible examples for you. Okay, so first off is skills and perspectives. Obviously, this category consists of two different types of resources. Skills can include cognitive, interpersonal, coping, or multitasking skills. Knowledge and wisdom that you gain from one role or the other also falls under this category. Perspectives, on the other hand, involve the way that you perceive the world around you or how you handle situations. And the idea behind this type of resource is that by engaging in more than one role, it helps you to expand your worldview. So what does this actually look like? Um, Here's an example. So as a mom, I had to learn how to multitask pretty quickly after my first child was born. These multitasking skills came in very handy in helping our household to function successfully. But I don't just leave those multitasking skills at home whenever I hop in my car to commute to work. I take them with me, right? And I apply them to my work as a professor and as a researcher. Learning how to multitask at home has allowed me to utilize those skills at work to be more productive. These multitasking skills can also have an indirect effect on my performance at work. If I'm multitasking away at home and I'm able to meet my goals in my family role, I'm going to feel pretty good about myself and be in a good mood on my way to work. This positive mood will then help me to perform better at work. Make sense? The second type is psychological and physical resources. Resources such as self-efficacy, self-esteem, optimism, hope, and physical health fall under this category. We usually work on our physical health during our personal time. However, it's easy to see how increased physical fitness could help us be more successful in our other roles. Maybe it allows you to have more energy to play with your kids. Maybe it allows you to successfully do a physically demanding job. Or maybe it just makes you feel really good about yourself, and that positive feeling helps you to engage better in every aspect of your life. The third type of resources are social capital resources. Social capital is a resource because having strong interpersonal relationships can often make it easier to accomplish our goals. Because our social networks often span our different life roles, it's easy to see how social capital can have a positive impact on those different roles. For example, when I first got hired at Baylor, my family and I didn't know anything about Waco, the school districts, pediatricians, neighborhoods, etc. We also didn't have a huge social network here. 
the only network we did have were my work colleagues. They graciously provided information and advice about all the things from pediatricians to restaurants that we needed to try. And this helped me to successfully meet the demands that I was facing in my family life. But it wouldn't have been possible if I wasn't engaged in more than one role. The fourth type of resources is flexibility. Flexibility refers to the extent to which you have control over the timing, the pace, and the location at which you meet your different role demands. Some of us have flexible jobs where we can work from home and choose the hours that we want to work. Having this type of flexibility at work allows you to perform better in your other roles because you are able to more fully engage in those roles as needed. Because I have a flexible job, I'm able to pick up my kids at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, or I'm able to stay home with them when they are sick. In other words, I'm able to effectively perform in my role as a mother because in my role as an employee because my role as an employee is flexible. On the flip side, we can also have greater flexibility in our other roles. For example, if your spouse has a flexible job and he is able to step in and help meet some of those family demands, that's going to allow you to focus more and perform more effectively at work. Finally, our roles can enrich each other through material resources, such as money or gifts. The easiest example of this is that your job allows you to earn an income that then allows you to effectively engage in your roles outside of work, such as put food on your table or buy your children's school supplies or take that dream vacation. However, it can go the other way too. Maybe you've received a beautiful chic suit as a gift from a friend, and when you wear that suit to work, you show up as the most confident version of yourself which enhances your performance at work. In my first year as a doctoral student, I asked for office supplies for Christmas, and my mom delivered. Her gift of pens and post-its and staples and notebooks allowed me to perform effectively at work and added a dash of joy since it was all pink. I hope that by walking you through these different resources and how they can be generated in one role and then utilized in another role, helps you to start to see the positive side of doing more than one thing. I truly believe that simply being aware of the positive impact my different roles can have on each other helps me to start to search for the positive in my life, which then snowballs into a positive mindset towards everything I do. However, I do want to make sure that you don't walk away from this episode today thinking, okay, I really should be doing it all. Let me stop you right there. No, you shouldn't. To truly get the most enrichment out of our different life roles, we need to make sure that we are playing the right roles. Take time to reflect on your roles. Which one generate the most resources? Are there any roles that not only don't generate resources, but that just drain your resources? In other words, are you hanging out with friends or volunteering for committees that simply don't bring you joy? If so, it might be time to step out of the spotlight for those roles. When we're clear on the essential roles that we want to hold and clear on the priorities within those roles, we can truly harness the power of work-life enrichment. If you want some help with this, you can check out Episode 3, Elegant Balance Foundations, 
and episode seven, Intentionally Balanced, How to Create a Life Plan. If you are interested in creating a work-life balance characterized by simplicity, joy, and beauty, why don't you start by checking out my Elegant Balance Workbook? In it, I help you define what work-life balance looks like for you and share some tips on creating that balance. I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it again and again. Balance does not happen by accident. What are you waiting for? Let's pursue our elegant balance together. Thank you so much for listening to the Elegant Balance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future conversations. Also, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave me a five-star rating and review in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you, friends, and have a beautiful, joy-filled week.